0: David, need essentials. Oh my God. Everybody needs and they've got the essentials. Need Essentials is always with us for all of my wetsuits, your wetsuits, outerwear, board shorts, and accessories. Need Essentials, thank you for your continued
1: support of the Spit Podcast. I need and say more. Needessentials.com.
0: As we see, some movement at the takeoff zone. It's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. When it spit me, I thought it was gonna spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit. Spits him out. Comes out after the
1: spit. Gets spat out of another good-looking wave here. Spit. Spit. Spit.
0: We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, guy.
1: Welcome, welcome. I never know.
0: <laughs> yeah, guy. Welcome, everybody. It is uh, Wednesday, May the twelfth, and. Um, yeah, a lot going on in the surf world. Um, the Margaret River event is over. We've got Sam McIntosh's Rich List from Stab Magazine, which is always fascinating and worthy of plenty of talk and um, some other great stories. So, David, welcome, my friend.
1: We've also got the Ultimate Surfer. Uh, oh, my God. list was announced. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> um, the Olympics are only two weeks away and there's lots of implications. No, I two, two months ma- away. You mean. I'm two sorry. Months. I'm sorry. Two months away. So yeah, tons of surf news. Let's get into it. Where do we begin? Well,
0: let's see. Stor- My story number one is The Ultimate Surfer. So the two night premiere of ABC's summer series, The Ultimate Surfer, is going to air in August, August 23rd. Um, It'll be following all new episodes of Bachelor in Paradise, which might be a great lead in. The Ultimate Surfer features NFL quarterback, Jesse Palmer, as the host of the surf competition series. It also has sports anchor, Aaron Coscarelli, and, and it includes of course, the iconic voice of professional surfing, Joe Terpel.
1: The boardroom as, show podcast guest, Joe Turpell.
0: Right. To serve as commentators. Now, in addition, 11-time World Surf League champion Kelly Slater is the lead consultant and also serves as a special correspondent. I'm getting all this information from the press release that we all gobbled up last week. The Ultimate Surfer will gather some of the world's greatest up-and-coming surfers to train and live together as they battle it out at the WSL state-of-the-art surf ranch in Lemoore, California, powered by Kelly Slater's human-made wave technology. What does that even mean, human-made wave technology? In the hope of competing against and amongst the best athletes in the world's fastest-growing sport. Hmm. What about pickleball? A sport's <laughs> growing fast. Slater will serve as an on-air talent and special correspondent. So, David, let's get into the surfers competing. I'm sure you have the list in front of them, in front of you. Break it down for us. Who are the, Who are these best athletes in the world?
1: I thought, so it's an interesting list. I will read it to you. I was surprised at the range, range of ages. Um, there's 35 year old surfer, a 35 year old male surfer, 34 year old female surfer, all the way down to, I guess, 23 is the youngest. So that's a 12 year span in age on the men's side. We have some known, um, Names who have kind of on the backside of their career, and then some people that I've never heard of before. Kai Barger from Maui. uh, Austin Klaus from Jacksonville Beach, Florida. Mason Barnes from Venice Beach, California. Ezekiel Lau, of course, from Oahu. Luke Davis from California. uh, Alejandro Moreta from Puerto Rico. And Koa Smith from Hawaii. That makes up the seven male contestants. The female side is Brianna Cope from Kauai, Kayla Durden from Florida, Bruna Zahn from uh, Redondo Beach, California, Malia Ward from San Clemente, Julie Hernandez from Costa Mesa, Anastasia Ashley from Florida, and Tia Bianco from California.
0: Yeah, wow. Um, I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) So look, let me just say this. When I first saw this come out, I initially it was like oh this show is going to be lame and then secretly i have to admit that i was like i'm going to watch this show yeah of course i think i'm going to watch this show i just i don't know just out of um maybe i'm going to see a train wreck um maybe i'm going to get engaged in it like maybe my wife and i are going to sit every week and watch this show i sort of doubt it relative to how much good stuff is on tv these days not to mention that you know, there's baseball um, in August. But um, the thing about the age that you bring up is really fascinating, right? And that what that tells me is that the WSL, and we sort of know this, and I don't mean to, you know, state the obvious here, but there is no, uh, um, there is no influence by the so called surf brands out there. Because they would all be gunning for either their athletes, one, or their, the younger surfer. Like, you know, a 25-year-old surfer in the eyes of Billabong or Quicksilver or even Rip Curl is a little bit too old. They constantly have these sort of youth goggles on. And and it's because they just want to keep regurgitating and gain some um. Um, loyalty to their brand through the 15 year old surfer, you know, and I'm not so sure this show show's geared towards 15 to 17 year old viewers. I think this is geared towards you and me. Cause I see this. I'm, I'm also wondering, is this going to be like a, like a big brother type of show where there's, there's obviously even in the press release, they state that there's going to be alliances sort of a survival type show where alliances are formed. And I don't understand how those alliances work if you're just riding waves and getting scored, you know? Well, actually a lot of the format of the show is sort of still a mystery to me.
1: Yeah, the format's yet to be revealed. I think that the paradigm that you're thinking in about surf brands influencing the WSL isn't applicable here. I think that this is following maybe the bachelor's model. And yeah, like you said, big brother. Specifically, Dana White is involved as a executive producer. And so the ultimate fighter would probably be the most analogous example. But um, and so when you're following that model, you know, not only do the brands not matter, but we're in a we're in a new world order where um, those bachelors and bachelorettes have entire branding built around them. You know, they have millions of followers. I mean, Anastasia Ashley, I was surprised to see her name on here because she's been around surfing for a long time. So first of all, her age was what surprised me, but she has a million followers on social media, you know? And so some of these other Tia Bianco who are like, Oh, she surfs great and she's appealing and she's young, but she only has a third that amount of following. And so, Really, I think they're they're working on who are these individuals as brands themselves much more because what could Billabong possibly bring to the t- table in terms of promotion when you know you're already on ABC and the individual cast member has a million followers themselves.
0: Yeah, no, well, there's no doubt, and, and sort of that's kind of what I was getting at was that. Um, if there was, I guess what I was saying is if there's any notion that surfing companies have influence, that's certainly out the door here. And well, this, is, this, this, is does this does make sense. This does absolutely. And this does make tons of sense um, But you know, I, from that. Yeah, go ahead.
1: I think that the more interesting kind of question for how they shot the show, produce the show, design the show is going to be kind of what you were touching on is what's the format? Is it, if it weighs too heavily on surfing, just, hey, let's get the best surfer to get through this event, uh, it'll lack appeal to the broad market. If it weighs too heavily on drama in the house, it'll lack appeal to you and I. And if the winner maybe not, wild... Maybe
0: not, though. Maybe not. You're assuming that the hardcore surf audience isn't also, on some level, a watcher of shows like The Big Brother or the UFC Ultimate Fighter.
1: I would actually prefer that it does have a lot of drama. You're right. However, what I'm suggesting is that if that undermines the fact that the best surfer wins the event and gets an entry into the WCT event, then you know that would, that would be problematic. If they're dramatics in the house, give them entree into a, a professional surf event, that would be a problem. But I'm sure that you could do both things. And The Ultimate Fighter did both things. The Ultimate Fighter as a TV show... Uh, I watched maybe the first couple of seasons, but it's been 10 years since I've seen it. Those seasons were highly engaging, super dramatic, and they um, generated w- world champion fighters. You know, there was a bunch of world-class fighters and champs that came out of that show.
0: Yeah, look, the, obviously, I mean, to answer your question, it's I can't imagine when you look at this list, it's going to be based purely on surfing. Cause you and I could pick apart. We, I could look at this and tell you who's going to be the best surfer, you know? Yeah, who, do, um, who do you think? Well, I mean, I, I'm, you know, to be honest, I haven't seen them all surf, but I mean, Tia rips, she's a great yeah. surfer. Like um, I think she's better than Malia. I, I know she's, although Anastasia, Ashley, the one thing Anastasia brings is she actually might have some competitive savvy. She's surfed in plenty of surfing competitions yeah. You know, um, so maybe I'm wrong, maybe, maybe on a purely surfing level, and then there's some of these could just be pure, um, wildcars that rip like Bruna Zahn. I, I don't know. But then when I saw Bruna Zahn, I thought to myself, is that Tommy Zahn's like great granddaughter or something?
1: <laughs> granddaughter. No, Bruna, formerly Bruna Schmidt, she was, um, she married Dane Zahn, so the name comes from her husband, is Dane Zahn
0: somehow connected to Tommy's on
1: maybe, but so on the female side, since you bring it up, I think there's an opportunity. There's a modern surfer that exists that never did surf contests, but surfs great. And um, you and I haven't heard of them because we don't follow the platforms that they're really promoting themselves on. And one of those is this Julie Hernandez, uh-huh. Um, she popped up on my radar six months ago or so. And so I started following her on Instagram and she'll post a surf clip every once in a while, but lots of times it's skateboard clips or just other things. Mm-hmm. And whenever she posts a surf clip, I think to myself, man, she serves pretty good. Like, how come I have never heard of this girl? And it's because she's not gone the traditional method of, you know, surf contests essentially and surf there's no surf media to shine a light on her for her results in surf contests, but it turns out she surfs great. And so I could see this platform being phenomenal for somebody like that. And on the male side, I've never even heard of Austin Klaus, Mason Barnes. I guess those are the only two. So Mason Barnes could be that same guy. Maybe he's shredding in his local lineup and he has some huge Instagram following you know, and maybe he skates and maybe he models on the side or whatever it is. And that this could be the perfect uh, platform for them.
0: Well, I'm trying to look up Julie Hernandez. I can't seem to find her on Instagram, but yeah, you're right. I mean, of these people are going to just somebody's, you know, I look at these shows and I always think to myself, okay, who's going to, who's going to get a job on TMZ after this, you know, like one of these people is going to get a producer's eye and they're going to be like, Hey, do you want to co-host TMZ or one of, you know, just some show, whatever it is, some current events show, you know, like Um, they have star appeal and they, they were fascinating in the show. And, and they're the, they're the character in the show that all the people that watched it, like you and I were like, wow, who knew that Kayla Durden is actually the one that's just stealing the show, you know, and then some producer pulls her away and she's got a little mini career
1: going. And I, I'd say make no mistake, most of these people already have agents. Oh, and if guarantee. that's and if that's not how they got this job, you know, those agents are certainly lining up to get them the next job because this is a real opportunity. I mean, these are all beautiful people. They're doing something that is so um, just pleasing to watch, no matter who you are around the world. When you see Kelly Slater's wave pool, you know, that broke the internet, that broke mainstream media even was covering all of that. Giant um, news corporations were doing giant segments on it. And so you put these beautiful people in there and then throw in a little bit of drama. They're all wearing bikinis and sh- board shorts, flexing their six packs. What else are they gonna be doing? Like us go the chase. <laughs> totally. So then if that happens too, if somebody, if Anastasia Ashley, the eldest in the house, starts an affair with the youngest male in the house that would be sensational <laughs> you know that'd be that's a storyline right if there. she starts an affair with the youngest female in the house that's also sensational right so i mean any of these scenarios i mean all you got to do is add alcohol by the way if they just put booze in the house <laughs> those things are guaranteed to happen every challenge it's, starts with a shot of tequila every every um reality show producer worth their weight in salt understands that equation you know um but who's so who would be your pick on the male side uh for surfing well well, zeke
0: to me so this is what i was going to say is that i looked at the list and and i was going to mention zeke lau for a different reason but zeke is of the obvious he was on the ct he's a ct worthy surfer um at at This way, Zeke's actually got really good air game. But to me, the the reason I bring up Zeke is I go, God, this seems kind of desperate. You know, like of all the guys on the list, I'm like, Zeke was the one that surprised me. Like, really, last gasp, you know, like, I guess he's not doing the – he's not going for another CT run. And, you know, he had his moment. And, you know, just –
1: I don't know. I'm surprised that surprises you because you're saying all of that in the context of his – competitive surf career which is irrelevant to this competition he's a 27 year old hulking hawaiian beauty like (laughs) why wouldn't he fit the show he's perfect no he fits the show i just
0: think i just feel like it it and i don't know zeke at all so maybe this is in character but to me it's just um i don't know i i i sense i i see zeke as a guy that's chasing purple blobs at tahiti rather than you know and maybe no he way. still is doing that i don't know but you know what i'm saying
1: like it, i i don't disagree but i think he can do that for a few more years this is a strike while the iron is hot opportunity this is a once in a lifetime opportunity
0: there's no doubt about that i'm not doubting that i was just surprised when i saw zeke on there
1: well and not because more, so, of his
0: physique or his look or anything more i just sensed that zeke was more of this like hardcore surfer that would just like post up in bali for eight months and just Kind of surf and maybe give surf lessons to russian chicks in bali or something you know like i just I, you know i well, didn't so see right. the Holly, i just felt like the hollywood vibe didn't fit zeke's mo but again i don't know zeke from adam so maybe it does
1: right along those lines kai barger fits that description better than zeke does kai barger is a name who fell out of surf media five years ago he's four years older than zeke he's just been surfing quietly on maui Um, sponsorless not nearly as hulking not nearly as handsome as Zeke no offense guy so that was a name that I was shocked to see on there I thought that was kind of um, an odd pick for the WSL if their strategy is you know uh, social media following and all that sort of stuff and then Alejandro Moreta like I haven't seen his name in a while and I know he surfs well, but the guy's 35 years old and he's out of, he's just out of the limelight. So never what's behind that guy's pick?
0: name? Ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, it's funny. I keep looking at this list and I'm like, okay, who's this, you know, who's going to be stirring the pot? You know, which, which one of these people are going to be the reason that you tune in to see them either blow up or do something crazy from the women's side. You you immediately go, Anastasia Ashley is savvy enough to raise her hand in the production meetings and go, I'll be the one that gets gets crazy if you want. I'll do that. I'll be that person. Yeah. Malia Ward also, should, I see her as the one that raises her hand and goes, You know what? I'll get crazy. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see, right? Alejandro Moreto, who the hell is he? You know, like. He was a QS
1: warrior for a while.
0: What who about. You were on the QS. I was on the QS. We're all QS warriors. Come on.
1: You know who my money is on? I think you're right. Zeke Lau uh, is the best surfer probably of that bunch or the most well-rounded Luke Davis, I think could do really well in this event. His style is so well-suited for surf ranch. Yeah. Um, he's a little mild mannered. So, you know, again, how much do theatrics and drama play into the structure of the show he's a little mild-mannered so he might not thrive in that but i just think his style um and his pro i mean just his surfing his surfing alone is really really good he's got airs he's got barrels he's got carves all of it
0: well all that stuff aside you and i i think are most interested in how this thing plays out from a format standpoint you know i've seen these shows where you have these people and they basically they they team you up with somebody and you go and you do these challenges. Like for instance, there was a golf show. There still is. I forget what it's called. Something like the big, big break. It's called actually. And they get a guy and a girl and they go up against another guy and a girl and they have these golf challenges, you know? And so I imagine they're going to, maybe they're going to have these surf challenges. Like you're challenged to do, you know, two floaters and an end barrel on the left and who, and we're going to be judged. You're going to be judged by Kelly and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and then all the others sit on the sidelines, and they have B-roll of their expression as these people surf these waves. And and then at the end, and so that makes sense to me. But I'm I'm more wondering how rivalries and dramas play out aside from the competitions. How do they get conflict created in the house there at the surf ranch? I imagine they're going to be staying right there in those airstreams. Um, so that's that's yet to be revealed
1: somebody steals somebody's wax or you know takes their fins or dings their board or something like that
0: i mean i can see the cut to the shot of the airstream at night and put the put the mic a hot mic right there and just listen to Whoa! you know a bunch of people giggling and blah 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 and some like you know and then you know fade away to the next week's episode <laughs> what happened yeah. in the airstream you know
1: totally um So I think this could actually be a phenomenal commercial for the Surf Ranch itself and for Kelly Kelly Slater Wave Co. Because think about what you just said. Okay, who's gonna do two floaters and an air? And then they show them programming into the software. Two floaters and an air. And then the wave starts peeling and it gives you a floater section, a floater section and an air section and each surfer gets the exact same wave to compete on. That's something we've never, ever seen before. We only fantasized about, and I don't, the problem is Kelly Slater's pool isn't the most adept at doing exactly that. There's other wave pool technology that you we can dial up. We don't uh, know that. Well, okay, unless they've changed something since,
0: you know. Well, here's what's interesting, right? Is that at the very last sentence of this press release, it says, Slater's remarkable, one-of-a-kind, human-made wave, the most even playing field for measuring surf mastery is at the heart of the series. So obviously, these guys were like, hey, look, this is just a marketing vehicle for our wave to sell Coral Ranch and Palm Springs and to get people to buy homes, you know, around our facility. And oh, by the way, Dana, if you put your name on here, Dana White as a co-executive producer. We'll give you a little slice of the pie in Palm Springs at Coral, you know, at Coral Springs. I think that's, what it's called Coral Springs. You know, this new resort that they're building up around Kelly's wave pool. And they may be able to now dial in little wave sections and end sections or, you know, errors or whatever.
1: They can dial in certain things. Undoubtedly. Um, they can adjust the wave, but they can't dial it in to the same degree that the wave lock pool can and that the American wave A machines company can. And so to the general public, of course, they don't know those differences. And so even dialing anything up will be remarkable, but it's certainly never going to have the air section that the American wave machines company has, you know,
0: it says here weekly eliminations will leave two men and two women. So they're going to be eliminating two people at each thing. So does that mean they're off the show or does that mean they have to still hang around and be a part of the gallery that watches and ooze and ahs and hangs their head. And
1: I would know. say, I don't know, but my suggestion would be leave them in the house just to generate more jo- drama. But yeah, they're not involved in the competition anymore. I mean, it looks
0: like you get to compete on the elite WSL championship tour. So they're probably going to throw the winner into like a wild card spot in Brazil or something, <laughs> you know, like here, here you go. Yeah. We, Here's your one chance. Good luck.
1: So, originally, when this first six months ago, when this press release came out um, and the cast wasn't announced, I thought that they said it would be a wild card into the Surf Ranch event.
0: Oh, maybe that's what it is. That could be it too. It doesn't say that here. It just says but that uh, was at, an opportunity to compete on the elite WSL Championship Tour.
1: So, they might have shifted it because that was at a time when Surf Ranch was going to be in September. So, if this aired, in August, maybe it would be over by, by the event at the CT event. And then the winner could surf in that event immediately thereafter, but the tour schedule has shifted and that's no longer the case. So.
0: Well, I mean, it's, if I was to ask you, who are the two surfers at the end? Um, you know, I don't know the women's side as well as I know the men's side, but I think Zeke Lau and Tia Blanco ripped, man.
1: I think Tia on the women's side, Julie, I'm going to throw in there as a sleeper pick. And then um, on the men's side, I would have to give it to Zeke pretty strongly. And then maybe Luke Davis would be my second pick. Wow. I mean, the thing is, Alejandro Moretas surfs. when I, I mean, when he was on the QS, I'd see a clip of him every once in a while. He surfs unbelievably well. It's Just of course, it does. I just don't know how that translates to the pool, you know. I mean, I, I don't know,
0: they all serve great. On the, I mean, if you know, at that level, of, you know, they're more or less pretty damn good, yeah. Of course, of course. I mean, is there going to be a guy on here that's just a full barn?
1: The, none of them are <laughs> going to be barns, but I guess the other thought that I'm that I was having a hard time uh crystallizing is the surf ranch almost <laughs> homogenizes everybody surfing because it's like yeah i can think of alejandro Moreira surfing amazing at gas chambers but i said how does that translate to the pool and i could think of kai barger doing these crazy late drops in maui and getting shacked and like huge tail whips but I could see all of that being nullified by the wave pool and him just trying to fit in a couple of standard turns, you know, and then thinking, well, you could put anybody in there. You could put actually Devin Howard would surf the pool better than Kai Barger in that scenario. Well, you know, there, you
0: know what would happen is he would surf it the same as, right? So what you're going to see is a guy that, that, the guy that rises above it all, that surfs loose enough, that's just like, I don't even give a shit. You know, like a, like a guy like um, like a Sterling Spencer type or something like that, where he's just going to go out there and just get crazy and he's going to make it or not, you know? That, I agree with what you're saying is it's going to homogenize all of the talent unless yeah. it doesn't, unless somebody like Zeke goes, screw it, I'm going big or I'm going home, you know? And yeah, then that guy's going to be, you know, setting the standard. You're right, but
1: we've seen people try to do that in the pool. I guess Gabriel and Felipe are kind of the only guys that we've seen successfully do that in the pool.
0: Yeah. You do need time in the pool, right? David, that's kind of what you're getting at. You need a lot of time in the pool because there's this concept that, that floats above you when you're in that pool, that this is my only chance, the vibe that this is my only wave. The train is starting. Oh my God, I'm feeling pressure. Everyone's watching and this is it. There's not a wave behind it, you know? And that, that, that psychology, that it gets in your head
1: undoubtedly. So I mentioned Luke Davis and his style. That's who I was thinking of succeeding in the pool. And as I think more of it, he'll complete rides from beginning to end with seamless flow in a CT. That'd be a five point ride, you know, and out there, it will be uh, if everybody else is tripping over themselves because of what you just said and falling mid midway down the pool you know, then Luke will look amazing out there by comparison, but all that somebody would have to do is go flying, you know, above the lip, like Griffin Colapinto that one year on the, on the first section, he didn't wait for the end section on the first section, blew the fins out, did basically an air reverse and then landed right at the bottom in the trough and like pulled right into a barrel and got barreled down that section that was a point of difference because everybody else didn't want to blow the barrel section. So they safety turned the first two turns and then pulled into the tube. Griffin throwing the fins there was the point of difference. So, you know, that if somebody does something like that, but even then, as I'm thinking through it, it's not that exciting. You know, it's kind of like that pool just homogenizes and kind of homogenizes everyone surfing and nullifies their strengths. Every time.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, we're going to be looking to reactions from the other surfers that are sitting in the gallery, watching the other competitors. I think that's, that's as a producer, you know, I'm going to be asking these people to put their, their hearts on their sleeves when they're watching, you know, cause we need to cut. And, and then what's going to, I imagine what's going to happen is they're going to cut to the dinner table and there's going to be some discussion and somebody like Anastasia Ashley is going to say something crazy. Like, you know, Zeke, I mean, you know, if Zeke would have done this, it would have, you know, like, there's going to be some outlandish conflict at the dinner table that's going to help to amp yeah. up the, the, the moment when we're actually watching the surfing. And I guarantee you that there are agents that are like, Anastasia, here's our plan. I want you to just be fucking wacky. I want you to just yeah. be crazy at the dinner table. Like, I want, we want. Cut a bitch. Yeah, just like go crazy, you know what I mean? Raise your hand and go, Zeke, I'm pregnant, you know? <laughs> you know I mean? it's like, it's like really blow the, blow, you know, because they all want, you know, the producers all want to be able to go, oh my God, next week, you won't believe the big reveal, you know?
1: Especially if it's on ABC. That's the other thing, you know? Yeah, maybe they will not um, so pregnant. No, no, I think they would on ABC. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I guess the funny thing is, is that you led, this is the leading story this week. I fully thought that I would mention the ultimate surfer and you'd be like, that's not even a news story. I don't care about the ultimate well, surfer. I, look, f-
0: it's, when I first saw it, that was my reaction. My reaction was, this is lame. You know, this. Yeah. I immediately went to the surfers are the worst, this is lame. Then I kind of excavated my feelings about it and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm actually gonna watch this because I was kind of engaged by their promo image of the surfers. I was like, oh. You know, I was I was like, well, Zeke's in this. I'm going to wa- I want to kind of watch Zeke, you know, and Anastasia Ashley's in this. She's she, she could she could go like Karen on the whole show. You know what I mean? And so I was engaged by that image. Right. Of all the, I was stoked to see who the list was. And then, oh, I don't know this guy. They all looked like legitimate contenders on some level. You know, it wasn't like they like, for instance, they picked this guy mason barnes now i don't know mason barnes and i'm not engaged by mason barnes if they would have picked a bunch of mason barnes from venice i probably would have went yep as lame as i thought there's no way i've never even heard of mason barnes there's no way he's a ct level surfer but with zeke and kai barger and Koa smith and luke davis you're kind of like you know what those guys could actually be in the bottom 20 of the ct right now
1: like they've mason- as
0: good as you know number 25 whoever that is
1: and if Mason can hang in any way with them as a surfer, then that's amazing, you know? Yeah. I mean, he
0: might so, be a surprise. I don't, he's the one guy where you're like, Ooh? oh, they just grab and, a local guy from Venice because he's nearby to the chute or something. Like he can, fill. I don't know. why. <laughs> Do you know Mason Barnes?
1: No, I've never yeah. heard of him. Um, well, I agree with you. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, I'm excited for the implications for everyone involved and for surfing at large. I think, you know, could be a yeah. good thing.
0: Yeah, look, it's going to be fun, or it's not. You know, whatever. You know what I mean? It's either going to be fun, or it's going to be not fun. You know, but, but I think the bigger thing is, is, you know, oh my God, is this what the WSL's come to? You know, and I think yes.
1: what the what is yes,
0: it is. But you also what you need to do though is you kind of need to separate the two. You kind of need to like some people are going. This is. This is what they're putting all their energy into. No wonder the W no wonder the CT is lame. And there might be some validity to that claim. And I think you're probably going to take that position, you know, based on the past year and their inability to get us in really good waves. Although we've had some pretty good waves. Um, But I think you need to separate the two and realize, look, there's the entertainment division, which I think has nothing to do with what's happening in Australia right now. They're focused on making this thing. And frankly, this thing might drive enough revenue to make it so that the CT actually can can be a loss leader. You know what I mean? And so and- the, the idea that these are all that, that they're putting all this energy into this, and that's why over there is not good, I think is a it's an easy place. It's low hanging fruit that I, I don't think has any validity.
1: And I think ultimately the goal is uh, this not only is a profit center, but it actually, um, makes the tour more popular. It makes their main product more viable, more popular. And so that can remain the main product. Um, but this is a marketing vehicle for that main product, you know, and this engages non coastal dwellers to then watch the main product, which was never, we were never able to do before.
0: Yeah. It's funny. You know, initially the WSL is like, Hey, everyone's going to watch us like the NFL. We're going to pick up all these guys, all these people in in the middle of the U S that don't know anything about surfing. And that just never happened. And so now this is actually a smart move, as you say, to maybe, maybe get a few, maybe hook a few of those um, Ohio residents that have never surfed, but love Kelly Slater, you know?
1: Totally. I know this isn't exactly analogous, but, um, I've started watching The Voice. <laughs> have you ever watched The Voice?
0: I watched the very first couple seasons of The Voice and absolutely
1: loved it. It's freaking good, dude. Yeah. Like I, I'm just moving around the house and Lauren would have it on in the living room, and I would just be like, oh, that's so like like network TV to me is like yeah. gnawing, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I grating. and because it's just so overproduced and they have like these little audio cues and like cuts to the response from the audience kind of like oh it's just over the top so I walk by and I cringe within two weeks I'm sitting on the sofa next door staring at the tv like cheering for certain contenders you know like it that overproducing is a very specific equation that tugs on your heartstrings and pulls on your emotions and it brought me in and i was fully engaged in it you know and and
0: well look i think if you boil down the voice the bottom line is is that those people have incredible talent and there's a lot of truth to the voice you know like like the b-roll stuff you see when they like meet um one of
1: the
0: or meet one of the stars for their production process where they're like okay this is the song we're gonna do yeah, yeah 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 when they go in and they play the piano and they go like try to get to a different pitch like that's all really happening like they. You know what I mean? It's not like we're at the dinner table and somebody's saying, Zeke, you got me pregnant. You know, like that's BS. Like that's, (laughs) you know what I mean? But like the stuff you see in the voice is like really truthfully happening. And then you cut to the performances and these people all have really good voices. I mean, once you get to that level, they've been weeded out. They've filtered out that, you know, all you gotta do is get an agent, put a nice dress on this person and she's a star.
1: Yeah. And so what that could be the equation they follow um, for this show too is like, cut to Malia Ward on her hometown in San Clemente and like meeting her parents, hearing about her family background, hearing about her upbringing, you know, all that sort of stuff would be wise to build care, interest in the characters.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of that stuff will maybe happen later on in the series after the producers just have determined through market research which one is, is getting the most traction amongst the viewers. And then they're like, still every, in the event, everyone really loves this person. Let's yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. Anyway,
0: Good. enough well, about that.
1: We're excited. Oh <laughs> Apparently we are excited. <laughs>
0: we wasted too much of this show. John John Florence has had surgery. Right. I just read on Stalo. Well, it was on Instagram, too. But um, John posted a photo of himself in a hospital bed surrounded by his wife, um, surgeon to the surf stars, Warren Kramer and his right-hand man, Eric Knutson. I'm reading directly from STAB, by the way. And John's caption read, and this is quoting John, "Um, I woke up to the report from the surgeon that everything went well, as well as possible, and the procedure I had will give me the opportunity to surf at full strength sooner than I had hoped. that's an important sentence. Feeling motivated to really know that the Olympics are attainable. I am excited for this and I'm going to do everything I can to make it happen. Is Kelly Slater cringing? Of course not. He loves John, 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 John could be his son. But when you, when you hear that, you know, are the Olymp, are the Olympics cringing? Like, You know, of course, John, John's is powerful. Like, uh, and, and it, you know, a, a surfer as Kelly, as far as viewership and stuff like that. But, um, what are your thoughts on all of this?
1: I think what's super interesting is all three. I mean, the two and the one alternate male American competitors are all injured right now. Chloe Andino's out with injury. He's the number one. John, John, and Kelly were fighting for the number two spot in 2019 because it was based on the rankings. And John, John was injured that for most of that season. He came back to compete at Pipeline strictly to protect his Olympic spot, which he did. John Kelly got injured before Australia this year. Uh and now John John's injured. So John John, I don't know what Kahloe's outlook is. If Kahloe um will be healed and ready for competition uh in August or yeah in July, I guess. And if he isn't, then Kelly gets bumped in as the alternate. John John's claiming that he probably will be able to compete. Will Kelly be able to compete by then? We don't know. And so Seth Moniz is the next call up after that. And this is, this doesn't bode well for Americans, America's very first Olympic bird. Uh, what, what
0: do you yeah. think I'm thinking right now? Any idea what I'm thinking? Um, I'm no. thinking that there's an American on tour that looks as good as the only American on tour, John John Florence. Griffin. Um, right. In my in opinion Griffin's Griffin Griffin. got the game for Shitty shirida, Dot or whatever in Japan, that wave. Don't Griffin Colapino. Yeah, sorry. Griffin Colapino, in my opinion, like if you could pick an Olympic team, he would be on the team. He was surfing yeah. insane at Margaret's.
1: Totally. I thought he He, could have won that event.
0: I do too. He, he, he looks so great. And so anyway, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, where's Griffin in all this. He's
1: right after Seth. Yeah. So he's the next alternate after Seth based on the 2019 rankings. Could we have Seth and Griffin? I mean, we'd almost be better off at this point. Don't you think? Yeah, totally. I mean, Seth, as great of a server as Seth is, he's continually disappoints in competition. I think he did okay at Margaret, but yeah, Griffin stood out at Margaret River. Griffin, every heat that he was in, I thought to myself. I almost even texted you. Griff could win this thing. Yeah. Um, but so, and how, you, as how it, did
0: you come to how did you come to that determination specifically with Griffin's surfing?
1: He had uh, a kind of element of progression that nobody else had. There was a lot of good surfers out there that would just go and throw two hooks, you know, on the open face. Griff had like fins coming free. His board would kind of disengage at a certain point and it would slide and he would hold it together. I remember one fins free turn he did on the first section of the wave where he just, it was like a turn everybody else was doing, except it was a foot above the lip of the wave. And then he just rode it out beautifully when he was hitting the end section. It was the same thing. There was like a lot more kind of, um, perilous moment where he'd hit the end section you weren't sure if he was gonna make it or not and then he would land a lot of people are stuffing that end section before the lip like turning just before they hit the lip so they don't have to encounter that reverberation he'd go straight into it his board would kind of wobble and then he'd land in the flats you know it was exciting well that's that's what
0: i was going to suggest to you is that the way Griffin handled that end section was always with conviction. Even yeah. if he was maybe wobbling a little bit, I wouldn't suggest you, I would just suggest you he was just kind of falling. Well, the away. board
1: the board might flutter under his feet to where right. he thinks,
0: yeah. But when he landed, he landed with such conviction. Totally. I just thought he he really commanded that end section. Like he was like, I'm here, like he put a stamp on every end. Exactly.
1: Section. Exactly. So that that's what I was trying to say too, is that he would – bend the will, bend the wave to his will, like smashing into the lip where whenever, whenever anybody turns before the lip on that section, you know they're doing it just to play it safe. If they were free surfing, they would crack the lip and maybe they'd fall. But in the comp, they're like, oh, I don't want to ruin this wave. So I'm just going to turn in front of the lip and hopefully the judges will think that that was an end section turn. And that's pathetic because when you see somebody do it right, John John was doing it right, which is how he got injured. Um, it's amazing you know and Griff was doing it and what about this this event did did, I
0: think it finished last week after our show right yeah yeah Yeah, Margaret River yeah real quick I mean I look the thing is about these competitions is they kind of speak for themselves there's not too much discussion I know you like to break it down pretty heavily but um I mean my my main takeaway is Jordy had a great result And he's got to be happy with his result. And Jordy's in the top five now. And Julian Wilson sort of faded from the conversation here, the Jordy-Julian conversation.
1: Um, How did you
0: think Jordy looked? I thought he didn't – I didn't think – I thought he just, like, was scraping by. He was just, like, scraping by every heat. He was just barely pulling it off. And he didn't necessarily look sharp until – The semifinal heat, I thought the semifinal heat, he 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 wrapped it up to a a different notch. He ratcheted it up, excuse me, to a different level. Um, And so, you know, like I said, a second place is a win relative to his place on
1: the rankings. Um, Undeniable, it is. Not to take anything away from Jordy, but Jordy is not surfing to Jordy potential in this event, and congratulations for making it through those heats. And you're right. When Griffin held him to task in that semifinal heat, he elevated, but, you know, we've talked about Jordy in the past, maybe him, maybe he's been um, trying to peak late in the season. He's, he's clearly, he's proven for a decade more than a decade that he can do anything. Right. And so when you see him holding back, you know, he has the talent. So why isn't he delivering on this wave? And it's because maybe he's such a savvy competitor and he's learned for so many years through Kelly mainly that you want to peak against the best athlete at the right time in the event, not set too many expectations for the judges. There's all sorts of other things. And so maybe that's what he's doing, but it's like when he's barely getting through heats by, you know, less than a point, makes me think that's not the strategy he's actually trying his damnedest and he's barely he's getting a four against julian it's a buzzer beater and claiming it like it's a 10 because he's that shocked that he put together that you know (laughs) like and so I, i don't know what's going on with jordy he's so much more talented than his surfing is illustrating or demonstrating and he's a full world title contender and he deserved to be in the final but it was almost like with Connor coffin at the previous event where you go back and you look at the surfing and it's like, Connor wasn't the second best surfer in this event by far. Jordy was not the second best surfer in this event by far. Griffin Colapinto was John, John Florence certainly was, you know?
0: Well, that's just the nature of the draw, you know, how these things are drawn, you know, how the seating happens. So it is what it is, you know, Um, it's, I don't know. Did you see that Taj got the Rotten S? I did. So Taj Bros is going to be the wild card at Rotten S. These wild cards, when they put these older guys in it, I, I just feel like they're doing a disservice. I do too. I mean, like if I want to watch Taj surf, I'll go watch Stab in the Dark. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, which I love. But do you really think, you know, I mean, so I guess on some level, you're like, okay, Taj could go in there and he could upset the situation, which is kind of cool. I get that as long as he upsets it in the like quarterfinals or the semis, it's when they just kind of like mail it in and they get a 13th, they get through the Olympics Which Mick, Mick Fanning
1: did, you know? Exactly. So I think there's, they've got Cale Walsh. So there's four wild wildcards uh, in this event, Cale Walsh, Liam O'Brien, uh, Stewie Kennedy. And so two older guys, two younger guys, Taj being the fourth. So what Stewie and, Taj bring to the table. If Taj isn't at the top of his surfing game, he brings competitive savvy. So it's like, okay, well, Kale Walsh is this up and coming ripper. So let's throw Kale Walsh in there. But often those up and coming rippers lose in the early rounds because they don't have competitive savvy. So I think they're trying to find, you know, somebody who represents each. I think actually Stewie Kennedy could be the better pick here. Yeah. Um, even though we never had the success that Taj had on tour. Yeah. His surfing is still at the top of his game. If you watch any of him online, he is as sharp as attack, maybe even sharper than he used to be on tour. To be honest, yeah. And so I could see him upsetting everything. I guess part of my concern about about
0: somebody like Taj as the wild card is that I sense, and I could be wrong, that Taj goes into it like, yeah, oh, whatever. What do I got to lose? You know, yeah. have a, you know, put on a jersey, go have a couple of heats, whatever, and. And that sort of was his MO throughout, you know, he was always kind of like, well, we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah. And I think these wild cards need to be somebody, and I'm going to use um, Brad Gerlach as an example. Somebody who's like, I'm going to win this thing. Like, this Mm -hmm. is my chance, you know, like that has the mental sort of competitive, like Brett Simpson comes to mind. Like, he might not be the guy, but you know, he's going to like go at it. Like, this is my chance to win where I think Taj is like, oh, cool. I'll have a few brews afterwards with the mates up on the patio. You know, it'll be fun. I'd rather these older wild cards be guys like Stu Kennedy that are like, that are just competitors, you know, that like the guy that, that will not lose at ping pong on a Saturday night, like that type of guy. And I'm, I i do not know, Taj, but I sense that he's kind of the, the vibe that you get is like, I'm a little bit out of shape. I'll do stab in the dark. You know, don't hold me to it, blah, blah blah. sure. I'll put on a Jersey. There's just not that sense that he could really upset the apple cart.
1: And unless you come into it with that dogged, mentality you're not gonna you're not gonna dethrone you know the world title contenders yeah. like idolo not gonna lose to somebody who comes in half-assed no um one of the other incredible performances in this event was matt mcgillivray yeah i, I mean no joke
0: i know and i i had picked him for one of the earlier events in on new south wales but yeah Matt looked really great, frankly, like he, he, when there was moments that he had to reach those moments, he reached those moments, you know, there, Mm -hmm. where he could have easily just went, Oh, well, I'm surfing against one of my, my favorite surfers ever. I'm just going to be excited for the moment. And wow, what an experience. And instead he went kind of like Andy would do against Kelly. He's like, all right, well, that guy used to be my hero, but now he's my enemy and I'm going to go out there and surf well.
1: Well, it looked similar to what we saw from um, Morgan Siblik in the previous two events where, yeah, it wasn't, he was unflappable, wasn't um, intimidated by any of the big name competitors. And his surfing also just looks so well-rounded, so polished. So his fundamentals are really sound and um, his style, you know, flow in between turns, all that sort of stuff. I just, I was really impressed.
0: Yeah, he was it was fun to watch, and I'm sure that um, you know it's it's good for the World Tour to have a couple South Africans that are moving the needle.
1: Another couple of interesting things worth discussing, Gabriel Medina lost uncharacteristically to um, Seth Moniz in the round of 16, I believe. Yeah, round of 16, so that's an early loss for him. Um, Kanoa Igarashi, very uncharacteristically still, burned Matt McGillivray in their heat at the very beginning of the heat completely like unforced, just full brain fart. Like Matt McGillivray has priority is paddling into the wave. Kanoa's is on the shoulder, just goes and burns him. He never looked back once and how he didn't have an awareness of where the guy with priority was in the heat was unacceptable. And just so unlike Kanoa, Kanoa's a steel like a very steely well, competitor, but usually. is it?
0: Is it though? I mean, now we have two different situations with Canella that are totally out of character. One, I can you know give a pass to, okay, you know that happens to everybody. Two times he's, what is it that he lets down his guard or his his mental game isn't there? Is does he have too many visa commercials he's got to go do? Yes. What's going that's on? It. You know, I mean, honestly, Olympics in Japan, it's like it's it built up in twenty twenty you've got an extra year of Olympic Kanoa vibe, you know, in Japan, he's huge, man. And uh, that pressure, maybe is that pressure
1: cracking the seal a little bit here further? I'll make a further claim in that. I think that he enjoys the limelight. And so I think that he's reveling in it a little bit Absolutely, and yeah, there's some, there's some surfers, I don't know, Idolo would probably be a great example where um, you can see him enjoying the limelight, but it's really, he's just, he's an affable guy. He's having a blast. And if there's cameras there, he's happy to just continue having a blast in front of the cameras. It seems like Kanoa is a little bit more. um, Caught up. Calculated. Yeah. He's a little more calculated in trying to vie for that limelight. And then yes, caught up once the attention comes that he's actually like, Thriving off of it, and
0: maybe there's a fueling, girl in the picture, something.
1: or, or maybe there's been knows. a there's been a girl for a while. I <laughs> oh, don't really? Know there's maybe still- there's another.
0: <laughs> this is like the ultimate surfer. We're just throwing stuff exactly. out there, seeing what sticks. Something. All of it. It must be all something in this headspace. I think you really nailed it. That that at some point, all of this attention gets in your way, you know, and I it's not? hard to get it out of the way and to focus.
1: You have to actively um, try to not let it get in your way, you know. Because if you're if you're making millions of dollars a year, women are lining up. You're traveling the world. You're young. You have everyone's bowing
0: down to you.
1: You know, as um, Professor Galloway, who you love, one of his quotes is like, "Look, if you tell a 30 year old male that they're Jesus and give them a million dollars, they'll tend to believe you." <laughs> <laughs> that's so and true. it's a hundred. I mean, it's so true. I mean, that is the, how old is Kanoa? 26, maybe.
0: Okay. So it's,
1: now maybe that's a little old, maybe 24.
0: So his, his frontal cortex isn't quite developed yet either.
1: Exactly. decision. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, you really need actively to be fighting that impulse off and your family all around you fighting that impulse off, which to be honest, maybe that's why Felipe's family was traveling with him for all those years. And Gabriel's family, you know, was to create the buffer from all of the vice and opportunity. And
0: what's going on in the Kanoa camp? Are they just having like closed door scream sessions? Like, what are you doing?
1: I don't know who that camp is. Cause, to cause I guarantee
0: you if he's 24 years old, this has been, they've been molding this kid for 24 years, man. I will.
1: I will say I've known Kanoa since he was a kid. I have not talked to him in years, but I've known him since he was very young and I've known his parents and they are so solid, you know, like super solid family. Um, And so, but they don't travel with him anymore, you know, like, so he's out Mm -hmm. on the road and he's kind of been, I think he's, achieved all of their goals and hopes that they had for him and even maybe has the, the sport has grown to a level that it wasn't at when he was young and so he's even gone bigger and farther than they're, than they anticipated he must have so, a handler i mean but the and and maybe we're reading too much, so much.
0: are we reading too much into this is this just us making this up or is two mental mistakes enough for us to go what's going on
1: it's not why just would two you, mental mistakes why would you we're do pulling that? we're pulling data points from a lot of other things that we've seen too, you know, but, but this, we never commented on it until there was these two mental mistakes. Right. But let me look at the rankings real quick because he was in that top five conversation. Okay. He's in seventh now. Yeah. So he's still not far out of it. Uh, Griffin Colopinto six, Jordy's in fifth, John John's in fourth, but obviously he'll get shuffled out of that real quick yeah. being injured and then you've got Felipe in third, Idolo, and Gabriel in first. So that's a Brazilian top three. Um, yeah, I don't know. The top. I mean, I could see Gabriel, Idolo, and Felipe being locks for lowers. You can count on those guys probably being in the top five as we go into lowers. So it's really the top, the final two spots that are open. Wow, is an
0: Australian going to be locked out of
1: lowers? Well. Ryan Callanan is the best positioned right now and Jordy
0: Griffin Kanoa are ahead of Ryan.
1: Yeah. And then
0: there's no other Australian until, until Morgan. Morgan in is Morgan really going to have a further run into this? Never know. Never know. I have no idea. Nothing.
1: Let's real quickly, what about Rottnest? Do you have any insights into who will perform well there?
0: I don't think we really do. It's a, it truly is a wild card because no one really knows what the waves like. Um I mean, on some level, I guess we know what the way is like, but not really. And I don't think the surfers do either. So in my opinion, you look at the guys that, um, that have competitive savvy, that are really going to study the lineup that are really going to have like a Jake Patterson. there, going, look, I know the right seems like to go, but you're going to score more points on the left or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. The guy that's really focused on, on how the conditions are changing and where I can get the most points. And I know they all are, but you'd be surprised. There's people that are just rocking up and going. I don't know. Looks like the left looks fun, you know. Totally. <laughs> so I see this as a place for um, veterans. I think veterans. I think I think somebody like um, uh, Owen Wright, somebody like that, could surprise. Like a, a sure. well served, well you know, established veteran could do well
1: here. That's a good call. Um... On the final day at Margaret River, it was Mother's Day in California or in America, and I was distracted by Mother's Day things, but I got a text from you saying, dude, watching the WSL and watching Jack Robinson's live feed over at the box right now. What was
0: that all about? Oh, dude, this was one of the greatest things ever. So Maddie Bemrose had Jack Robinson's phone. He was sitting in Chris Bryan's boat basically a, a ski with a protector around it and they were so close to the box and while the main event was happening for the ct the box was going off and there was leo fria Veranti uh jack robinson of course um wade carmichael Kanoa and some other guys just some rando local guys one of them named Zinchead, who became sort of this legend out there because he was he was mad at, so the, the best thing about, there was two great things. The waves were really killer and guys were getting its proper shacks. And then Matt Bemrose was doing the commentary and it was just pure Australian gold as if you're at the pub and he's got a schooner, anew in his hand and he's just going, ah, blah, 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 blah. and then, you know, he would talk to Chris Bryan, the guy driving the boat and Chris and him would have a go. And it was just, it was just fun. And, and it was just and it was exciting cuz they were going over waves in the thing and then doing a circle and coming back and then there'd be a set and then he'd look over there and he would ask us, "Hey, who's winning the main event? What's going on over there at the event, you know? And people would chime in, you know, Edlo's winning or whatever." And, and then he'd go, well, oh, mate, they should have it here." You know, it was just a lot of fun.
1: So, um, who was ruling that session?
0: Well, the thing that was cool is that they were they had a they had a pretty good rotation going, you know. Literally, Matt would go, "Okay, I think I think Kanoa's up and Kanoa would go. And he looks like Wade Carmichael's up and Wade would go. And it looks like Jack Robbo's up and Jack would go, you know, and there was, and then of course, there were these underneath ones that were coming in. And that's where this zinc head guy, the zinc head guy sort of stole the show. Cause Matt didn't know who zinc head was. He's like, who is that guy? He had this face that was covered in pure white zinc. And so he was calling him zinc head, you know, and he was paddling like a frothing maniac going for every wave. And soon enough, this zinc head guy sort of became, you know, like a character in this event that was occurring and going down live.
1: Um, Why didn't the WSL surf it or use it?
0: I can't speak to that.
1: Was it contestable? Absolutely. So, I mean, the problem, obviously it sounds like there was waves, but the reason why the WSL won't run out there at times is it's not as um, consistent as main break is. Did it seem like there would be two waves per competitor per heat?
0: Oh, yeah absolutely there would have been two ways four waves total but that could have also been the case that could have been the case where there was a ton of downtime there was more opportunity at main break um was there an opportunity for a a dredging perfect slabby uh, right hander no but i mean interestingly guys were getting some pretty good tubes at main break
1: i know yeah that is always interesting it's always surprising to me when that happens yeah um well we have stabs rich list, but I feel like that'll take some time. And we're at the end of our allotted time for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in regard to, uh, the box, my must see moment, some rando local filmer filmed, um, a session. It wasn't that session. This was about a week prior at the end of April. And so I'll post that footage. It's called the WSL, um, WSL's pro, WSL Pro's free surfing at the box, John John Florence, Griffin Colapinto, uh, all the names that you would wanna see doing what you would wanna see them do in the WSL event, but the waves were pumping there and it was um, just before the start of the event. So I'll post that footage. Must see moment of the week.
0: Cool, I've seen that actually. I did watch that and it was, it was good and uh, I enjoyed it. And there's a lot of action.
1: I know, it's, it's always exciting to see the box. It's dramatic.
0: By the way, I, I interviewed John Pizel for the boardroom podcast. So listeners out there, um, a really insightful discussion with, with him. And, um, you know, if you're interested, if you're interested in board design, John's a fun guy to talk to.
1: We're publishing that today, right? Yes. Okay. And what did you guys talk about? What'd you get out of that conversation? What'd you enjoy about it?
0: Um, a lot of talk about big wave board design, a lot of talk about board design in general. Um, uh, a lot of talk about his history, where he came from, how he became who he is, um, you know, his upbringing through the ranks of of surfboard manufacturing, you know. Um, I, I purposely stayed away from the John John indus- in, uh, uh, injury. I, I didn't want to. Uh, I feel like you do a disservice when you talk to a shaper and all you talk about is his team rider. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to the shaper about the shaper. I want to learn about John Paisel. And so I think there's. There's a lot of that which is which is fascinating to me.
1: John's a good guy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, really cool dude. And um he made those the boards that John John's writing in his recent film, Maps of Home, off that giant outer reef left. You know, yeah. it's like a nine nine eight padillac from yeah. Piesal. He made those uh
0: those were brand new boards. First time John rode that board was in those.
1: Place. I remember I remember the glass house, I think it's Third Stone Glassing on the North Shore, saying like, we rushed the laminations on these boards. Like they showed up, you know, normal turnaround time is whatever, a couple of weeks. And it was like that swell was on. And so we just put those to the front of the line. Imagine laminating a 10-foot gun, too. It's no easy task. And yeah, it was like, go pick them up from the laminator the morning of the swell kind of a thing. Yeah. So yeah, quite the story in those boards. I mean- there's a lot that goes into a design like that to pull into a backside barrel yeah. you know, at 20 feet.
0: Yeah, so. they had some, they have, you'll, listen to the podcast you'll, you'll get some insight from John on it.
1: Cool. The final uh, thing that I forgot to mention when we were talking about the Olympics that we should mention before closing is um, apparently each team has to send two competitors down to the ISA World Games in El Salvador. Right. And so that is kind of a burden. Uh, to travel and that is in two weeks i think yeah the isa games okay yeah it's may 29th through june 6th in el salvador and so that seems weird there should be a waiver
0: i think i mean
1: well don't we we all know who's
0: doing it don't we all know who the competitors
1: are at this time well it conflicts with the wsl schedule as well
0: it seems like it's the isa going hey man you know like it's definitely what it is is it's a marketing move it's like yeah of course it's like the pre event before the event let's get everyone and i understand that it gets people psyched for the olympics or aren't i already psyched for the olympics like if i'm not psyched now i guess it pulls some people in i get it i'm not against it but in the times of covid it seems like you know maybe you could you could throw a waiver here, but whatever.
1: Uh, well, yeah. in the time of COVID whatever. and also when the WSL is running events in those exact windows, uh, you know, so it, yeah. it conflicts with that. So um, by the way, it doesn't, you don't have to send the whole team. It has to be two competitors. So they could, in theory, like Seth Moniz and, you know, Griffin Colapinto could go down there just to make the appearance for the rest of the team. Yeah. But that is kind of a sticky little detail there. Interesting. So.
0: all right well the rottenest event do we know the what we're looking at here as far as dates doesn't it start up here and starts on the 16th sunday okay the 16th is that their 16th It should be our saturday the 15th so this saturday on the west coast here in north america um pacific time probably be around four o'clock we'll get the green light or not uh, this saturday the
1: 14th I don't know what the swell forecast looks like, but you and I will reconvene on SPIT next week and we will discuss as well as Stab's Rich List, the 11 richest or highest paid surfers of 2020.
0: Yeah. Oh, great. Always a great read. Sam McIntosh does a great job. I find that stuff fascinating. Yeah, he does.
1: Um, and then uh, Scott, you got any exciting plans this week that you want to tell us about?
0: No, I'm just okay, cool. busy. I'm very, got to go take my aunt to the doctor right
1: now oh wow look at you what a good nephew um and the the boardroom show give it a shout out to september 25th and twenty sixth. september 25th and twenty
0: sixth. surfboard manufacturing industries trade show open to the public in del mar the boardroom surfboard show presented by u.s blanks i will
1: be there scott i will see you there
0: yeah buddy we're gonna be birthing your child there it'll be insane it's
1: gonna be close
0: <laughs> All right. Okay, adios and aloha. Until next time, adios.